All right, everybody, welcome into another edition of Silver Linings Podcast. I'm Adam. Uh, Rex is also with me as usual. Um, I'm live from uh, Gilbert, Arizona. Rex is in St. George, Utah. Just in case you're trying to find us for some reason, this is where, where we are. Nice, but we're recording the podcast. Oh, good. So this is recording. Okay, so Rex may edit all that out. I'm not sure how this is going down. Uh, okay, so we do want to get right into our podcast. We'll talk about some other stuff at the end of the podcast. But I love this because, um, you know, we had Dr. Den- Denim on and we talked about why Lori would choose Chad or vice versa, Chad choosing Lori. I mean, we understand some of it. And after talking with them, I saw so many comments on our Facebook community. I'm so glad you had the, him on because it answered so many questions, and we really went w- into some, some you know, psychological things that maybe we were understanding why Lori's brain was the way it was or what she did. So I love when we can you know dissect things that we all have questions to. Um, and this podcast is going to be about trust, which uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but. Rex does um, these does workshops and he wrote a book and he's got a lot of insight to uh, different topics. And so I think we're going to find out in, in this podcast, Rex is going to talk about, you know, maybe did Lori trust Chad and what was the trust like between Lori and Chad and just the word trust in a relationship. How does that work? Uh, and maybe, good. maybe more to the point right now, Will Lori trust Chaz's defense? Because all indications are Chaz's going to throw her under the bus. How is she going to react to that? So we'll address address our thoughts on that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the big question everybody has. And a lot of people are saying, of course, Chaz's going to throw Lori under the bus. But does Lori really think that? Um, and I'm, before Rex starts, I'm just going to say there is a moment where uh, one of Chad's attorneys went into Lori's jail and was trying to talk to him and Lori grabbed his hand because he had shaken uh Chad's hand beforehand to see if she was going to get any vibes or something like it, it kind of it's obviously it's a little cuckoo but that's the the process her brain is in right now so um let's talk about it Rex and clearly again we aren't in Lori's brain we aren't in our heart we don't know so normally we'd call this wild speculation. I'm going to call it my prediction about Lori's reaction to Chad's defense when he does throw her under the bus. We're going to just talk as if he's going to because that seems the direction it's it's going. So I'm going to, I want to lay out the groundwork here on the subject of trust first because trust is the foundation of any relationship. You know, love is important in our love relationships, but trust is the foundation even for those. When I say the foundation, it's at the very basis. And we know that this trust stuff happens subconsciously. We don't usually consciously sit there and ponder, do I trust this person or do I not? It happens subconsciously, but I'm going to propose to you a model of how you can analyze it if you want to how trust works, how you make that subconscious decision. And I was going to use a lot of graphics here, uh, here in the podcast to make it pretty like I do when I talk about this professionally. Yeah. But do you realize that 40% 
of our people that listen to the podcast and listen to it and they don't have visual. You're from the various Podbean platforms. Yeah. Apple Music, et cetera, 40%. So I'm trying to be more aware of some of those um, factors that we haven't been been, uh, necessarily paying attention to before. So uh, props to you, 40%, which means you aren't on YouTube which which is where we often look for comments, please email us at rexandadam at gmail.com. We do want to hear your comments. Please forgive us for up till now not looking very often for comments on Podbeam or, or the platforms that you listen to. And a lot of times you're listening on your way to work, so you aren't going to comment while you're there. But if you have anything for us, please email us. But so we'll just talk about this. I'll try to use examples, make it as graphic as I can for for everybody. Two factors about trust that we all know when when I say it out loud, we'll all say, well, duh, we we knew that. First one is trust is very selective. You're 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 boiling it down to individuals here. Trust is selective. You don't really trust a group of people. You may say, well, I trust doctors. Well, you probably do not trust all doctors just because they're doctors. And there are some that you trust your life with and some you wouldn't trust anything with. Okay, Same thing with any, any group. Just because someone's a family member doesn't mean you trust them. You can use our family for, for, as examples, good or bad. Right. We obviously that is and again with the trusting, and you mentioned doctors. Just just my thing, and I've had a lot of medical. I got diabetes type one when I was twenty two, and I had to trust doctors with my life. And you know they, I almost got killed, you know, because they put too much insulin in me. So I have a lot of you know distrust with different stuff. But like you said, there's one doctor in Wichita, Kansas. Dr. Seacrest, I trust him with my life. He, I, he's done so many great things with me and I, and the things that he has explained to me and things that he has done. I'm like, okay, I trust him. And there's other people I don't trust. So that that's exactly what, that's what came to mind. Perfect example. And everyone's probably thinking of examples. Now we're going to talk about trust in relation to Chad and Lori, but just like we talked about the core temperaments with Dr. Denham Slade, one, one of my coaches, um, more people commented on their own situation. Of course, we're going to look at our own situation, and you'll be doing this with trust, and we're we're interested in your reactions uh, to it also. But first point, trust is selective. You're talking on an individual basis, not a group. It's also very situational. You will trust people in one situation that you will not trust in another. And I like my example of flying because I get to harken back to the glory days, so to speak. And by far, my favorite phase of flight was flying in formation. And all pilots learn, all military pilots learn how to do this, where you're flying. It's really a little staggered, but when you're sitting watching an air show, it looks like you're lined right up. You're staggered a little bit, but if you lined right up, your wingtips are anywhere from three to six feet from each other. Okay. Dang. You're flying very close. You're flying at 300 miles an hour. When you aren't in an air show, in an air show, you do very uh, deliberate m- maneuvers that you practice a lot. 
But when you go out and you're just training and you're out in a big military operating area, you're yanking and banking and you know fighting to stay in position. Oh my goodness, is it a rush? Right. Sorry. But you're trusting another person with your life. You're six feet, think about it, you're six feet away, you're going 300 knots, 300 miles an hour, let's say, and you're in a big tube of metal, fuel, and fire. And you're six feet away and you're moving and you're staying in position. You're trusting the other person, man or woman, doesn't matter. You're trusting the other person with your life. And I have flown many times with many people I trust with my life that in a different situation, I would not trust with my wife, as you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Daughter, or with a small furry animal. But trust is, <laughs> trust is situational. It depends on the situation, not just the person. Okay, you trust them in one situation, you don't trust them in another. Another example of this is you follow the Oceans movie, Oceans 11, Oceans Yes. I lost track of that, mate. Yeah. Think about that in the first Oceans. I think the first one was Oceans 11, I think. Yeah. The 11 people got together to rob a guy that in Oceans 12, he then came on their team to rob someone else. Right. Okay, so in, in one situation, they were enemies that may have had to kill each other. In the other situation, they work together. So trust is very selective, I'd say even individual, and trust is very situational. And you might be thinking about this in your personal relationships, even in your close relationships. I have the best marriage that Lisa and I know of we have, and we hope everyone's marriage is that good. We don't know, but we haven't seen evidence of it a lot. But she doesn't trust me in all situations. She doesn't trust me, for example, in social situations. A few of you reacted in our last live when I said, no, Lisa's not here. She's out on a date. I make comments like that, and you notice Lisa jumped on the Facebook group, for those of you that are on the Facebook group, and said, I have to defend my honor. Here's where I was. I was out getting my nails done or whatever whatever she was doing. See, she doesn't trust me in those <laughs> in social situations. When we're going somewhere, we have a certain group of friends now, and Adam, you know them, our group of friends, that she doesn't have to do this now because we all know each other well enough, and they know my supposed sense of humor. Yeah. But a lot of times we're going to a social situation and she will tell me, you can say this, this, and this. You cannot reference this, this, and this because, well, she trusts me in most situations in life, not that way. Yeah. Practice and situation. You you caught me off guard a few times at, at a party or something. You said something and I was like, whoa, relax. But I, I laughed every single time because we... We go with humor, but yeah, I, I can understand Lisa like walking on eggshells on some on some occasions with that. <laughs> yeah. So just an example. Okay. So knowing those two things about trust, if you want to analyze why someone trusts someone, let's say why you trust some, there are three factors that go into it. All right. Your values have to be aligned. Values what you think is important in that situation. Aligned doesn't mean you have the same values. 
It just means they don't conflict. Okay? If one person feels strongly, they value something strongly, and the other person doesn't care, so they'll just go along, those values are aligned. They aren't going to conflict. But if you have two people, this is why we don't talk politics a lot with, with certain people. If your values aren't aligned, you're going to conflict. And that's one area where you know conflict conflict rises. It's an easy example. Okay. And and religion. So that kind of, and religion and you know a couple other things. So um so your values have to be aligned. Your motives, the reason for which you're doing something, have to be aligned. It doesn't mean they have to be, you have to have the same motive. It just means they can't conflict. For example, going back to the Oceans movies, okay, and I can't remember the exact exchange, but someone was asking the Andy Garcia character, why would you trust me? Yeah. Or, um, oh no, Andy Garcia character asked someone else, why should I trust you? He said, because our motives are temporarily aligned. Right, money. Money okay. was their, yeah, getting money was their, was their motive. In this situation, getting money from these people. Yeah, know, that was the well, motive. Our yeah. motives are temporarily aligned, so you can trust me in that regard. The trouble is you have to have all three components to trust someone. By that, your values need to be aligned. Your motives need to be aligned. That's two of them. The third component, we generally call it competence. But here's what confidence means when you're talking about trusting another person. It means, I believe that person can get me what I want the way I want it. Okay? Think about that. When I first um, came up with that, I was thinking of marriages. And most of you know I had two marriages that didn't, that didn't work out. One a long-term marriage, one a very, very short one. But in my first marriage where our communication was very good, it wasn't the problem, we deliberated for six years, well, maybe five years. It was a, a wonderful 16-year marriage, but we were married for 22 years. So when we started deliberating, it was probably about five years till we got to the point in our communication saying, okay, let me see if I understand this. And we both said it to each other. We said, this is what you feel you need out of the marriage. And clearly, I will never provide that. I am not that person. And I feel this is what I need, and you won't provide that. We could, either one of us, see that, say that. It was exchanging. Yeah. Okay? We couldn't get what we wanted the way we wanted it. Okay? So we couldn't trust that that person was going to deliver it. Now, that doesn't mean you need to divorce in that situation. I ended up divorcing, but but that doesn't that's not always the result. But that was the result of our conversations. We realized we weren't going to get what we wanted out of the marriage from the other person. So hold on. So with the three components, if you're good with two of the components, but the third one you're not good with, that still takes away someone you're just not gonna the, the, the whole thing of trust has to have all three together because if two are good and one's not good the trust is not is broken that's right now remember most of the time this is all done subconsciously so we are consciously saying oh i don't trust this or this motive is 
that's this is what happens subconsciously. But if you want to sit down and analyze your relationship with anyone, look at those three factors. And the most common one, see, people people have the misconception when you say, well, what makes a person trustworthy? Well, they're honest. That's the first answer that comes to mind for everyone. Not necessary. Was it necessary in the Oceans movies? No, because none of them valued honesty. Right. They're all thieves. <laughs> they're all thieves. There is honor amongst thieves. Thieves can, can work together. Okay? And they know they aren't honest. And in fact, they knew, and the, you know, there are so many lines that reflect this in that movie saying, well, why'd you do this? Well, I knew you were going to come after me. Yeah. You just expected that of them. You right. didn't have the same, you didn't have the same values. Yeah. Or the same. I was going to say, as you're saying this, my mind is going to Lori and Chad because of the way that they both have a motive they both had they had everything going together all the all the components were going full force with trust so they trusted each other but now that he's in jail she's already had her trial everybody said that chad's throwing Lori under the bus the question is with all those things subconsciously going on in your brain um is Lori going to trust Chad? I think she trusts Chad at this point until until the trial goes. I think my prediction is this, and and we will never know, so we aren't going to bet on it because neither of us can prove it. Yeah. We'll never know what Lori says. I think she's going to trust him throughout. I think she's going to be fine with him throwing her under the bus because none of their motives have changed as far as any of us know none of their values have changed and what's more importantly they are still getting what they want from the other the way they want it maybe Lori more so than than chad adam what was it that you said about Lori about when we were talking about this subject with denim uh-huh you said, well, Lori always wanted this in her marriage, and she had never gotten this in her marriage, and she got it with Chad. Do you yeah. remember what it was? Yeah, so Lori, in her mind, wanted to have a husband where she could go to church with and live in that fairy tale life of, like, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to have this house with a white picket fence, I'm going to have my kids, we're going to go to church, we're going to be able to have family home evening, he's going to be able to give my kids blessings, where all the things, like, in the church that she wanted and then of course she married everybody that she married was a non-member couldn't give her any of that and then until they got baptized and then even then it was almost kind of like a forced situation where the guys were kind of forced into the church by baptism i mean you you can say what you want but i think that's the kind of route that they went which that she never got what she wanted in that with chad oh you want blessings, let me give you blessings. You want uh, somebody who's into the church and speaking, you know, with all these things, I'm the guy. So she saw, finally had somebody that was exactly what she, in her mind, wanted as far as that goes. Uh, and so she wanted to feel special, and he made her feel special, and he was the person that could give her the things that she originally wanted from the very beginning. Okay, along with that, what else did she want from an ego perspective, do you think? 
oh, she would definitely wanted to be special. She wanted to have like she after listening to these podcasts and reading the books with people that got to talk to people on the other side or had near death experiences. She then wanted those things. And since she didn't have them, she made them up that she did have them. She came up with all the we heard one of them in the court, her last uh, testimony that she would come up with this stuff because she wanted to be special. She wanted uh, to be like a prophet or she wanted to have a special mission, collect one hundred and forty four thousand. All those things. And Chad made that happen for her. Chad made it happen for her. So we wonder why Lori wanted to be with Chad. Now, it's my personal opinion that if you trust someone like that, they become better looking. I only say this because I think that's mine and Lisa's situation. Y'all have been too kind to ask, but as you've gotten to know Lisa a little bit, yeah, um, you know, when people get to know Lisa, then they look at me and they say, how? You know, how did this happen? <laughs> well, Lisa trusts me in most, most areas of life. Okay, of course, I trust her also. That's that's more endearing sometimes than physical physical attraction, or it, or at least helps the physical attraction. Well, I think with with you and Lisa's relationship, the one thing that got me was like you said, we sat down and we put in what we wanted into this relationship, and you talked about it, and because you talked about it, you realized that you both were on the same trust pattern, like, and so you were, you were in sync with trust right off the bat. I started thinking about um, my marriage that I was in, the trust, it was it was gone with both of us. Immediate, I mean, there was really no trust with either one of us, and there was a lot of miscommunication with the trust. Now that I'm single, I'm starting to think, like, would I trust a, in a long-distance relationship? It's got to be very difficult to trust in a long-distance relationship, and trust is just one of those things that you got to have, but how do you get it? <laughs> that, that's the thing. Well, and I don't have a, a quick answer to that, but the foundations are in this model. Yeah. You explore motives and you say, our motives align. We don't have to have the same motive. We don't have to have the same values. We don't have to like all the same things as long as they aren't conflicting. Right. If one person wants all, you know, to have friends, like a one wants to have a girlfriend or a guy wants to have his guy friends, and the other person doesn't value that, that's a conflict. Those motives are conflicting. You'll never trust. And remember, I'm not saying you can't have a relationship without trust. It'll just be a relationship that you don't want. Exactly. Because especially in the key relationship in your life, you want trust. You want someone you feel is trying to get you what you want out of the relationship the way you want it. Yeah. See, and that's a common conflict too. And I, this isn't a, a podcast on relationships. You can go on all, all day with this. Right. Getting what you want the way you want it is the key. Okay. Because you know, there are a lot of men that are typically men that have said, well, I'm getting you everything you want. You want a nice house. You want a car. You want to be able to stay home. And I'm getting all that. Yeah, but I'm alone in my marriage. There is no one there for me. You know, that's just a common um, characteristic or common way that uh, marriages that are in trouble are characterized. Yeah. Yeah, you may be getting what you want, but not the way you want it. Yeah. 
Exactly. You know, the classic uh, example of that, the story's told that all young men get this talk from an older, an older mentor when they get married. They take the young man aside and they say, young man, let me tell you the secret to, to, uh, to one of the secrets of marriage. There are going to be some things in marriage that you do not want to do. So let me, let me give you an example. Let's say it's doing the dishes. The first time your wife says, hey, honey, would you do the dishes? You do it gladly, smilingly. I would love to do the dishes. Let me do the dishes. And you do the dishes and you break a few. And the next time you do the dishes, honey, yes, I'm glad to do the dishes. And you do it and you break a few. Pretty soon she won't trust you to do the dishes because you're getting her what she wants, clean dishes, but not the way she wants it. Right. Right. Now, I'll neither confirm nor deny that I had that particular speech, you know, as when I was uh, newly married. But that's that's an example of what we're talking about. And who did you get that speech from? <laughs> well, in fact, you know the person. I won't even go into that here. <laughs> I think I know. But anyways. Friend of the family. Yeah. But so Chad and Lori trust. Um, people have been talking about this, you know. And Chad's going to go on his trial. His lawyers pushing him, and whatever they're doing, they're all going to throw Lori under the bus. Lori and Alex, and all that. So, with that being said, you you said you think that even though Lori's going to get thrown under the bus, that she's still going to trust Chad because they still have a a plan, or they still have the same motives of we need. To, somehow we're going to be together and we're going to collect the 144,000. The jail is just a brief minute of our life that we're going to be here for until this thing happens. You think that's the frame of mind because the trust factor. See, in my mind, Lori is still, and my mind is not important here. It's Lori's mind and we aren't there. Yeah. But in my mind, Lori's getting from the relationship what she wants. She's gaining the attention. She's gaining the importance, self-proclaimed importance. She's getting what she wants the way she wants it as far as the relationship is concerned, not that she would choose being in jail. Yeah. But their motives in, in relation to each other in Lori's mind haven't changed. Their, va- changed. their values haven't changed. I think Lori would be all right even with Chad throwing her under the bus. I think she'll look at it like she did before the trials even started. She'll look on it like, it's all part of the plan. This is what needs to happen. So I'm just going to stick to our plan. Is my prediction for for Lori? Javani. No, that 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 sounds that sounds that sounds that's um that sounds like that's the way it would go. The way that Lori's uh, pattern has been, that is exactly how it it could go, just like that. But who knows? It could be completely opposite, and she could snap and be upset. But that's not the pattern that she's had. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to find out what that is. But yeah, I love to learn a little bit about trust and how that works. I think we can all use this in our own lives and figure out, you know, he's right. There's things, there's people we trust. And subconsciously, there's reasons why we do trust people with certain things and not trust the same person with something different. So, and this is, and this is Lori trusting uh, Chad with, their plan to be collect 144,000 if that's the the main thing i think i think the main thing is lust power and sex you know they're still going for that i don't think they care 
in the lease for the hundred forty-four thousand. That, that was just part of the the family. Whatever story they need to, in whatever situation they need to. Yeah. All right. Well, um, nothing about that. What's coming up here, Adam? This okay. Weekend. So yeah, this weekend uh, Rex is flying down to Arizona. We're going to do a um, a book signing, hopefully uh, a live on Saturday. Um, and we just don't have the location or the time. I think we're going to start it at 11 a.m. Is that right? Yeah, we said 12 before. 11 is going to be better because we don't know the venue yet. We've been calling. Lindsay's been calling. Thank you, Lindsay. We've been trying to find a venue for it. We may end up like we did before, which is fine, in the back of a restaurant or in a supermarket in the you know cafe section, Okay. So if we do that, of course, if someone comes, brings their books, they can sign them. We'll have a few books with us. We'll be glad to sign them. We'll do a live, a meet and greet, live podcast we can do even if we don't have a venue, of course. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be doing that on Saturday. Plan on 11 o'clock Mountain Standard Time here in the United States. It will be the time for it. And we'll be in Phoenix, uh, somewhere in the downtown Phoenix area, Camelback, something something around there somewhere. Um, we're trying to get so our cave, friends in Cave Creek, friends in West Valley, don't have as far to travel. Yeah. But we'll end up getting in wherever we can get a venue. So no doubt. We're thinking about y'all, and we're trying trying to get it. We've tried, tried a, uh, several locations. And... You know, during the holiday time, it's busy. Bookstores are very busy during the holiday and have things booked well in advance. So we're still working it. Okay. So also with our book out, make sure if you haven't gotten a copy of the book, there's all kinds of ways to get a copy of the book. If, you, if you're if you not a member of our Facebook community, uh, go to uh, Facebook and search uh, Tylee and JJ's Silver Lining Podcast Community. And then you just submit something to come in. We have like 850 members right now. Um, I think it's something that every, even if you don't watch the podcast or if you have a friend that needs support, this is like the greatest, biggest support group I've ever seen in my life. It is amazing. And I benefit, benefit from it every day, reading other people's posts. And this is something that you could too. Um, so search Facebook, become one of our, uh, Facebook optimists that are there. And, uh, we would love to have you on board, uh, on Facebook and also here on, on the podcast. And in the last minute, let me just say, you know, the Facebook group is not mine or Adam's. We have joined Adam's done some posts. I haven't, but I love being on there. I love what's going on. I love the, the people that are giving so much love and, and there are trolls and there isn't negativity there. How many places do you find in the world without negativity and especially in social media? It's just miraculous what's happening there. And Adam and I are trying to take credit for that. Everyone contributes to that. Of course, we always thank Kimberly and Linda for moderating it, Kimberly for uh, organizing it. Thank you so much. Thank you for being part of the podcast. We hope to see the people in the Phoenix area this Saturday. And we can see you all or hear you hear, you can hear us all live this Saturday. Thank you.